It was an up and down weekend for the University of Louisville Athletics. The football team suffered a tough loss to Kentucky in the Governor's Cup on Saturday evening, but then it gets positive from here on out, talking about the men's basketball and volleyball teams. All that on this episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville. Your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back in to another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite, the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. For special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. also want to take this time to say thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked on the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. As I alluded to in the opener, it was an up-and-down week for the University of Louisville Athletics, beginning with the football team losing 52-21 to at the hands of the Kentucky Wildcats in the Governor's Cup on Saturday evening. We'll talk about the initial takeaways from that contest, and then it gets positive from here on out, beginning with men's basketball. Looking a little rough after the first four games to start the season, but turned it around in a big way with a big week in the Bahamas over Thanksgiving week. Two solid wins over Mississippi State and Maryland. We'll talk about each of those victories individually and what it means collectively for this team moving forward. Forward, heading into another tough week and then we'll end out this show talking about the volleyball team the bracket was released last night no, to no one's surprise the global volleyball team the number one overall seed in the field um, the tournament pairings were released we'll talk about some of their opponents and how they handled adversity in the final week of the regular season but before we get into the content of today's show like i mentioned for those who are not aware of who i am my name is dalton pence I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as both the football beat writer and a recruiting analyst, and also do some various P announcing work for the university, certain sports. Uh, you can follow my Twitter handle in the graphic below, and then podcast Twitter is at LO underscore global. So let's get right on into the show. Unfortunately, the Cardinals suffering defeat on Saturday evening in the season finale, 52-21 to at the hands of the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, but first, um, I want to take this time to extend um, my sincerest condolences to the Satterfield family. Uh, for those who are not aware, um, Coach Scott Satterfield's father passed away on Saturday uh, before the game, and he was made aware about an hour before game time, according to uh, Sports Information Director Rocco Gasparo. So we want to uh, send our thoughts and prayers to um, – you know, Coach Sat and uh, his family. You know, during these tough times, and um, you know, just uh, just extend our thoughts and prayers. Um, but in terms of the matchup as a whole, started out uh, somewhat promising. I know the cards um, allowed Kentucky to score in six plays on the opening drive, but they answered with a very sustainable drive that ended with the Malik Cunningham touchdown. But it went all downhill um, after that, and uh, I think that the main takeaway from this game is that this game got out of hand quickly and Kentucky was just better in all aspects of, of this game. You know, speaking from, you know, a chronological order in that first quarter, you know, Kentucky goes down and scores. 
Then Louisville goes down and scores. Kentucky goes down and scores again. Although Louisville made some adjustments in the rushing defense, still didn't have an answer for Will Levis on the ground and in the air for that for that matter. And that was kind of a recurring theme throughout the game. But the Cards in the second drive were able to to get it going a little bit, but faced a a fourth and short, and I think it was um end up being an incomplete pass that they threw a flag on and then rescinded the flag, which most people would have thought would have been pass interference, uh, but they took the flag away, and Kentucky went down and um, you know scored again, scored a field goal, and Louisville, I think, went three and out on the next drive. Forgive me if I'm wrong on that, but uh, the cards outside of the first drive um, weren't necessarily able to get anything going in the first half, and at the end it was 31-7 to seven at half, and at that point, you know, Anything after that is 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 a moot point, um, so to speak. So, statistically speaking, the Cats 511 yards of total offense, outgaining the Cards by over a hundred. Uh, the Cards had 352. Um, this was kind of an interesting thing when it, when it comes to rushing. I thought that the, you know the Louisville defense has been pretty solid all year long in that category, but gave up 362 to the Wildcats. Uh, seven and a just basically seven and a half yards per attempt uh, in terms of on through the air. Will Levis didn't necessarily have all that much um, in terms of passing yards, but saw some good consistency. They were just under 80% in terms of completion percentage. So I, I think the main takeaway on offense is just the fact that, you know, Louisville wasn't really able to get anything going outside of that first drive. And it seemed like, there were times where Malik Cunningham over under through guys. Um, you know, the rushing attack didn't necessarily do all that well. Malik had a performance that, you know, it was probably one of the worst performances of the year for him. And I, I thought that, you know, he was battling injury at times. He, he went out of the game a, a couple plays here and there. But overall for him, 12 for 20, 145 yards, one interception, no touchdowns, rushing the ball, 11 carries for 35 yards and a touchdown. So give Kentucky credit for containing Malik, uh, not really able to get anything going there. Um, their secondary stepped up big time um, in, in a sense that you know they were struggling in the passing defensive category and they were able to um, you know force Malik Cunningham into some tough situations where he had to make throws on the run and you know they got an interception JJ Weaver picked off a pass i believe it was in the second half but ultimately just nothing able to get going for Louisville in that aspect um, after the game the post game press conference you know the word execution was brought up many times. Louisville just didn't execute. They felt like they had a good game plan. They felt like they practiced well. But at the end of the day, the, as tale as old as time, you know, preparation can go you know, as smoothly as it's ever been. But if the execution aspect of it isn't there, then it des- doesn't necessarily matter. But um, the defense is kind of where, you know, I draw most of my concerns. I, I thought that they did some solid things early on in this game. Obviously, the first drive was was way too easy. They got down the field extremely quickly. Six plays, 75 yards, and a touchdown for the Kentucky Wildcats, uh, capped off by a 29-yard touchdown run by Will Levis, which he was virtually untouched. Um, and that was kind of the, the situation throughout the game was that Will Levis, Louisville just didn't necessarily have an answer for Levis on the ground, a guy who showed that he's not necessarily a dual threat, but when you give him the lane and opportunity to run, he will make you pay 14 carries, 113 yards, four touchdowns. Chris Rodriguez actually led the Cats in rushing 16 for 121 and a touchdown. Overall, 
you know, this was just, um, I think that Kentucky owned, not necessarily owned, I, I, I guess I should say that, that that might be a little, um, you know, in a misconstrued sense. I thought that they won the line of scrimmage. I thought that their offensive line just did a better job at creating some holes, uh, not only for Levis, but the other um, guys in, in the running back committee. And then you had guys like Wandell Robinson, who did some good things, Josh Ali, etc. So, Overall, I felt like um, Kentucky was executing on all cylinders. They were finding the gaps in the Louisville defense, especially in the passing attack, and um, just making the Cardinals pay. And we saw in that Mississippi game and then in the Louisville's favor against Syracuse that, you know, some games are, are out of reach after the first half if if they get to a certain extent. And I, I know that at the end of the day, it wasn't necessarily over at that point. You know, Louisville can – could come back. Actually, I I might be mistaken. I don't think it was. What I don't think it was um, thirty one to seven at half. It was twenty four. I'm sorry, twenty four to seven. That that people don't think that might make a big difference, but it does. I mean that that's a, that's a three possession game, um, and then Louisville just couldn't get anything going in the second half until it was too late with two touchdowns. So ultimately, it felt like um, you know this game just the momentum hadn't shifted at all and that uh, Kentucky had all the momentum. Um, tough loss for the Cards in the season finale. They finished the regular season 6-6. Six and six. Uh, We await to, to next week or whenever the um, um, bowl determinations come out to see where the Cardinals will go. They are postseason eligible, so we are going to um, – you know, talk about that when the time comes. We'll talk some more football as the week goes on. But I want to get to the positive aspect of the show. We'll start with the men's basketball team. Two very solid wins against Mississippi State and Maryland down in the Bahamas in Thanksgiving week. Uh, before we talk about that, I want to talk about our friends over at Prize Picks. Um, if you are a college sports fanatic, you need to hear about Prize Picks. I love it, and I know you will too. It's daily fantasy made easy. So it offers more college football props than anyone in the world while offering all of the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-majors you might not have ever even heard of. It offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of those that deposit and use the promo code Locked On will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So basically, you pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any injury. And it's literally just you versus the projected numbers. It allows mixed sports entries, so you can take the over on Patrick Mahomes and combine that with the under on Stephen Curry in the same entry. It has an award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Go to prizepicks.com and use the promo code Locked On, or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So let's transition over into the basketball um portion of the show the cards with two solid victories over the past couple days uh, defeating mississippi state 72 to 58 on thanksgiving evening and then played a rare uh, morning game 10 a.m tip off uh, in the championship of this little four-team jamboree against the maryland terrapins who they defeated 63 to 55 um Touching a little bit on the Mississippi State win, um, I thought that the Cardinals came out uh, and they were playing very, very solid. They had a 41 to 25 victory in uh, 41 to 25 advantage 
at halftime. Sam Williamson came out firing on all cylinders, was really utilizing the mid-range extremely well uh, for the game. He led the team in scoring 7 for 12 field goals. He had um, 15 points to lead the cards. He was one of three that scored in double digits. But a little bit to go around for everyone. They shot 31.8% from behind the arc compared to 67 for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, that it was one for 15. Um, for a team that came in, one of the better three-point shooting teams in the country thus far in the early portions of the season, I was um, proud of the way the team played good defense and attacked the glass, especially in the first half that um, basically Louisville with a 16-point first-half lead. And then in the second half, there were some instances especially at the end of the game where play got sloppy and we'll talk about that in the collective senses that there are still stretches where this team ha- ha- goes into a little bit of you know uh, of a tough stretch uh, but they end up winning by 14 ultimately probably could have been more than that um, looking at the Maryland win however this was a game that the cards had a lead in this one now they were up uh, 40 to 32 in the second half and then Maryland went on a big run and it was just kind of there were weird vibes all around. Louisville wasn't scoring. I feel like the officiating was questionable at best. But um, overall, the cards were able to pull it out. Jared West scored only had nine points in the game, but I felt like his performance overall was just um, you know what ended up winning the Cardinals the game at the very end, um, being able to get to where they needed to be. And um, overall, the cards shot only 22.2% from behind the arc while Maryland didn't shoot much better, both under 30%. But the key statistic that uh, most people have kind of pointed out, and rightfully so, the rebounding margin, they out-rebounded Maryland 51-25 to in this game, which um, I think the Louisville Basketball Twitter account put out a statistic that said that was the biggest rebounding margin since like the title year in 1986, which is absolutely incredible. When you see, you know, this, this team had some rebounding issues in the first four games against all smaller opponents. And to, to see what they did, um, you know, this week, I thought, you know, it, it, it was definitely something good to build upon. And, and that's what you have to focus on moving forward is, is although there is some stuff that needs to be worked on, like um, there are stretches, you know, offensively where the flow is not good. They'll go, you know, sometimes four to five minutes without scoring a single point. And uh, I think a lot of that was Mike Pegues trying to find what rotations worked. And there was that one rotation in the second half to where there just wasn't really any scoring virtually. Uh, but Chris Mack is back. You know, the return of the Mack. The, the cards will travel to Sparty East Lansing to take on the Michigan State Spartans on Wednesday evening. We'll preview that game as as that gets closer. But overall, um, you know, we, we talked about um, trying to find um, an answer to those scoring woes in certain portions. I still think that there's a little bit too much carelessness with the basketball um, in terms of being reckless in turnovers, you know, just trying to um, jump the gun and force the issue on transition opportunities or just overall, um, you know, decision making. I feel like Louisville has been somewhat too careless uh, with the basketball this season, uh, albeit it has gotten better, they've been a lot you know more careful with the first uh, in the last two games, I should say. But overall, you know the, this this week taught me a lot of things. Number one is that you know this Louisville basketball team is not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Yes, there were some people 
admittedly talking, is this team going to even make the NCAA tournament? And uh, albeit, I, I think that that was a, a little bit of an overreaction. You can never judge a team in, in November of how good they're going to be, just like you can never you know judge a team how how bad they're going to be in November. But overall, you know, definitely a breath of fresh air what we saw this past weekend, and a lot of hope. Um, they were able to contend with some bigger front courts. You know, Garrison Brooks against Mississippi State. Um, Iverson Molinar for Mississippi State had had a good game points wise, but overall in that first half, I thought that they held him in check along with Tolu Smith and, and the guys um, for Ben Howland squad um, and the Bulldogs. Uh, the Terrapins, I, I think that uh, Fats Russell and company made life uh, tough for the Cards in the first half and um, in in the middle stretch of that second half. But I, I was proud of how the Cards bounced back. There was a, a a part in that game where they went down by five points. This was in the stretch where they hadn't scored for a while. I think Maryland was on like a it was like a ten or thirteen point run to where they just went out in front where they were up by five. Uh, Noah Locke hit a uh, kind of a tough mid range, you know, right by the uh, you know ten fifteen feet out of the you know outside the basket, and then Matt Cross hit a uh, pull up three to tie the game. The Cards were able to then take the lead and hold on to it. Um, I, I like the grittiness. One thing that stands out about this team for me is just the effort on both ends of the court. Sometimes they overgamble. Uh, sometimes defensively they lose their man. Um, they don't attack the glass the way they should. They get beat on on the glass. But this week showed that this is going to be you know one of those teams you know that we saw like from Chris Mack and his Xavier squads to where they're just the pet. They're just a pesky team. Jared West is a very solid defender. Um, they really make you work on the defensive side of things, and I think as the season goes on for the Louisville offense, it's going to keep getting better and better. I think Noah Locke is going to um, figure out some of his shooting woes, and that's another thing. Noah Locke was essentially you know, a non-factor in the first half against Mississippi State that saw the cards go up by you know, 16 points. So that's something to focus on is the fact that their leading score only had four points in the first half. But at the end of the day, what happened? I mean, the, the cards were able to get scoring from other guys. That is is what the team has been needing is other guys to step up scoring-wise. So um, I want to, you know, hold off on more basketball talk until we get, you know, closer to the Mich- Michigan State matchup, which is just here in a couple of days on Wednesday, a couple of sleeps away. Um, we're going to transition over into the volleyball side of things. The number one overall seed in all of the land um, face some adversity in the regular season uh, finale in terms of that week. We'll talk about how they handled that and then do a little preview into their tournament run coming up here just shortly. Before we talk about that, I want to talk about the title sponsor of the show, NetSuite. So imagine this. Imagine this scenario. This is it. The putt to win the tournament, if you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. It's the number one financial system to power your growth. You can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of the competition. Um, over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA. 
Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for a special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Once again, that is netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Also want to talk about our friends at Built Bar. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but for me, you know, protein bars sometimes can be waxy, chalky, or even plain hard to choke down. But it's different with a Built Bar. It's soft. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. You swear you're eating it. You're, you, you'll swear you're eating a candy bar. And one of the big benefits is that it is low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, high in protein. So you get all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. Uh, there are so many mouth mouthwatering flavors. My favorite is salted caramel, but there's double chocolate, there's cherry barcia, there's coconut, there's raspberry. This month, Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check their way, website out often. You don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, that's use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so the final segment of the show Talking about the Louisville Volleyball team finishing the regular season undefeated. The first time in ACC history that a team from the conference has gone undefeated in the regular season. They will look to continue that on their road to glory. And the tournament coming up here this upcoming weekend. The tournament pairings have been released for the Louisville Cardinals. As I mentioned, the number one overall seed. They will start their run. Um, at Freedom Hall, where they will host potentially the first, I believe, four matchups. I'm um, actually, I think it's the first. I think it's the first four matchups. But um, they start out with the University of Illinois Chicago, the Horizon League champions. Uh, if they win that game, they will take on the winner of Ball State in Michigan. The ranked seeds on their side of the bracket, they have number sixteen Florida, who they could have a Sweet Sixteen matchup with. And then number eight, Georgia Tech, who the Cards have swept both times this season, along with number nine, Ohio State, on that little portion of the bracket up in the top left-hand corner of it. But this week, or the, I'm sorry, this past week, the team faced some adversity. Uh, obviously, everyone knows about the road trip up to Pittsburgh where they defeated the number three-ranked Panthers 3-1 to one in that thriller. They opened up the, the match with two 25-19 set victories. The third set got out of hand. The cards dropped that one. Um, I think they went on a you know, Pittsburgh went on a big run to finish out that set. But the fourth set, they trailed 10-4. And then crawled all the way back to come out victorious on the road. And then on Friday in the regular season finale, senior day at LM Federal Credit Union Arena, the team dropped the opening set to the Notre Dame Irish, who they had swept up in South Bend just the week prior. But overall, I, I think that this was a performance to where, yeah. Um, yeah, the the cards kind of and volleyball is, is such a weird momentum sport that where you know sometimes you know a team wins a set and then they get absolutely dominated the next three. Um, that wasn't the case. Louisville won the second set pretty easily. The third set, however, is where things got interesting. Notre Dame had a I think it was twenty to seventeen or something along those lines, where they had a, like a, a at least a three point lead in that third set, very late in it, and the cards came back, ripped off a big run, ended up taking the third set. The rest was history. They finished the season, I believe, it was twenty-eight and zero. But overall, a very solid performance, and I, I'm very 
you're just overall blown away by the by the handling of adversity with this team. They never get too high. They never get too low. There's so many different ways that they can get to you. They do so many great things uh, on the volleyball court in all aspects of it. The um, presence at the net, the defense in terms of uh, serve receptions and digs, and the um, nuclear passing attack is very solid. Um, very, um, just very... Um, just overall impressed with what they've been doing, and their tournament runs. Be, their tournament run begins Friday. We'll talk about that as this season. I'm sorry, as the week it gets, um, you know, closer and closer as that game gets closer. Before we get out of here, uh, we talked about the the football loss, talked about you know the good basketball wins and what the volleyball program is doing. Some great work from Danny Bosman Kelly and, and that crew um, and in the volleyball program. Um, I mean Louisville. This is the best team in program history, in my opinion. I think the record speaks for itself. They have multiple wins over Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech, who are both top eight teams. They have um, other wins over teams over national seeds. Uh, Kentucky, who's, I believe, number seven, uh, Purdue, Nebraska, et cetera. The list goes on. What they're doing is incredible. We'll preview some of those matchups as the games get closer. Hosting the University of Illinois Chicago on Friday evening, 7 o'clock, first serve scheduled at Freedom Hall. Uh, before we get out of here, a couple quick shout-outs first to the excuse me, the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast, the most recent episode released on Sunday evening. Check that out at cardinalsportszone.com. Also, the Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling. You can follow that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. But that's going to wrap up this Monday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.